Welcome to the Everyman Sports Podcast, the show for fans, by fans. No former pros, no so-called experts, just real passionate fans. From outside on a porch to inside a living room, in the parking lot of a stadium to the dining room table, friends and families chat about their teams, their games, and what makes them cheer. This is Everyman Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyman Sports. My name is Chad. I'm the owner-operator of this podcast. Our number is 626-427-7678. That's 626-427-7678. You can find us across social media at Everyman Sports. With me this week is my dad. How are you, dad? I'm doing great. Good. So I want to start off with actually the most noteworthy stuff that's been going on has been in the NBA of recent we kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, Anthony Davis, it all kind of started with him and LeBron having dinner together. And now it turned into Anthony Davis demanding a trade from the Pelicans, the New Orleans Pelicans, to L.A., saying, "I own, basically, I only trade me to the Lakers now. Apparently the Pelicans are none too interested in doing that, especially at... Well, is that even... Are they even allowed to do that if they're under contract? Well, technically... Well, now um, Davis got hit with a fine for her, um, for pretty much for breaking the rules. Yeah, I think it's something like five, 50 or 500... I think $50,000 or... I forget which. Um, yeah, just... Uh, from is that the a big enough fine to stop these guys from doing that? No, because Davis is going to get a big enough contract. That's it's not going to. Well, it is, it is a player's league. Oh, it absolutely is a player league. If they go, but that's taking it a little bit too far. Uh, it is, and uh, the Pelicans, like I said, are in no hurry. But they're also they're taking him out of their you know their uh, intro video. You know, like the uh, the 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 hype video that plays before the game. They they've right. taken away his um, his Twitter banner from uh, from around their uh, facilities. Like so, he's they're basically ghosting him, and he's standing right there. Um, there's even talk now that they might sit him. They might pretty much put him on, uh, like like a like basically the the NBA's version of like a pup list. Um. Yeah. So he he might just sit on the bench. Really? So they won't play him. That's that's the talk. I mean, it could happen, and why not? Right. How does that help the Pelicans? Well, um, they. Uh, I mean, partially it gets them a higher uh, lotto pick, and it also lets it be known that this player is not going to, you know, run this organization, especially if he wants to run himself out. And also, I mean, right. the New Orleans. I mean, this is uh, they were the formerly the original Charlotte Hornets. Um, right, right. Right. You know, they left there. So now they're the, down there. They're, I mean, there was a reason why the Jazz left in the first place and went to Utah. Um, you know, basketball's not just as, is not the sport down in Louisiana. And here's your sure, biggest, here's sure. your biggest star. And he's ready to say bye. So it's just, I mean, and like you said, like it is a player's league. So this is kind of like, this is a bit of a hill. That they're willing to die on. Yeah. So is that what's known as collusion? Uh, partially, partially. Now the Lakers, for their it's, sake, it's not by it's not by the management, though. No, no, it's not. So then it wouldn't be officially collusion. 
No, but like I said, Davis did get fined by the league. So, I mean, in in their respect, they've, he's already gotten his slap on the wrist. He's already gotten his, um, right. you know, he, whatever whatever you want to call it. Um, so right. it, in terms of what the league has done in this individual case, they're kind of done with it. Now, yeah. the Lakers, for, for their part in this, have sent multiple trade options to the Pelicans, ones that usually uh, involve uh, Lonzo Ball. Um, yeah, I don't hear much about his dad. No, well, after, you know, his league He's went under. He's silenced, I guess. Well, when, you know, the league you run goes under for, you know, I think money purposes and uh, all your other sons who you it, say are better than Lonzo are, you know, floating around in limbo. You know, I mean, what's... Then you lose your credibility. Yeah, there's not much to really talk about. And Lonzo, it's not like he wants to go to New Orleans either. He'd rather go to uh, to New York or Chicago, play for uh, Knicks or Nets or Bulls. Um, but, you know... Well, the Knicks, that's, that's the big story now. Well, then, so, yeah, so it's interesting, the dichotomy. So you go from Anthony Davis saying, trade me now, and the Pelicans saying, uh-uh. And Kristaps Porzingis... Saying to the net, the Knicks, "Hey, I don't like how this, how things are going. Can I? I'd like to be traded." And they go, "Okay," <laughs> and they ship him off to Dallas, and uh, they match him up. They match him up with uh, I'm sorry if I pronounce uh, Luca uh, Doncic, D O N C I C. He's the uh, right. I think rookie. But wasn't that like three, four players? Yeah, uh, Hardaway Junior goes as well, and I'm forgetting the last. That, one. that was a big contract. Yeah, well now he yeah, so he he gets traded and it's one of those sign and trade or <laughs> it's actually the reverse, it's a trade and sign because the NBA always does their sign sign and trades. Yeah, so he gets traded to the Mavericks and then he gets signed to uh a qualifying offer of something like I think 200 million. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean just it's a big contract that right now that I mean, look, the why wouldn't Dallas be interested in doing this. You know, the talk has also been like Dirk is Dirk Nowitzki is going to retire soon. This is basically like this is Dirk, you know, a younger version of Turk of Dirk. Yeah, but this guy gets hurt a lot. He does. Um but when he was with the Knicks, he was the man. Now he can go into more of a you know, let's do this together. Um so yeah, well, it's so a good thing for him. I think so. And it's a good thing for the uh, Knicks because they cleared a salary cap at Rome. They can make some big trades in the summer, I guess. So what's the... Signings, not trade, but signings. Yes. Free agent signings. Yes, I think it's something like 70... They made made room of like 74, 76 million cap space. Right. So now the thought is, yeah, 74.6 million in projected cap space. So that's... Two, good enough for two max contract slots, which right now the thought is they are going to make a big run for both uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Wow. But I am not buying it. I mean, look, Durant left Oklahoma City because he felt it was just him and Russell Westbrook. What Russell right. Westbrook is... I think is better, especially now, than Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, he's he's getting up right. there in age, 
And I know, you know, Durant well, and... the Knicks haven't made good decisions since Woodstock, and that was 50 years ago. It's been really not... It's, I mean, un, un, until the Dolans leave, which is like me talking about, you know, the Johnsons or the Wilpons leaving, nothing's going to change. I mean, this... I mean, the Garden... Yeah, they hired the wrong coaches, the wrong advisors, the wrong players. They just can't get it right. No, and look... If they sign Durant and Irving, more power to them. But right now, New York, the Knicks are a basketball wasteland. And, you know, we were talking about how it's a player-run league. They go wherever they want. They don't care where it is. Look, uh, San Francisco, Miami, these are the hotbed of, you know, uh, you know, LA, look, the Lakers are always going to be the Lakers. They're the Yankees of basketball, of the NBA. They're always going to draw in. The Knicks are not that much of a draw. I'm look. I understand the location, right. New York City. I understand you. But make they it, have a lot of loyal fans. Of course they do, but because it's just look. I mean, you've got the the um, thirty, the mid thirty plus and up who are you know who remember Ewing and the magic of the mid to late nineties, and Allen Houston mm-hmm. sinking that that game that series ending shot against the Heat, and all of oh just all that stuff. But, every, I mean, Starbury and Isaiah Thomas coming in as the coach, and just like you said, just one bad decision after another has made that all go away. And look, I mean, look, it's the Nets coming to Brooklyn isn't all of a sudden going, has not and will not all of a sudden make the Knicks, like fans just leave. No, Knicks fans are going to be there. I mean, it is the Garden. The location has a lot to do with it, the same way the Great Western Forum was a big deal. Well, it's, it's like the Rangers and the Islanders. Yeah. I mean, the Rangers are still going to be the Rangers. Right, exactly. The Islanders are still stuck in the mid-'80s, hoping for that. Yeah, they're on the perimeter of the city. It's true. I mean, and that New York is so big, you have these, you know, the, Met, right. the Mets and the Jets, too. I mean, their fan base is in Long Island. Like the Nick fans, Nick fans are, you'll find Nick fans everywhere. Net fans are left over from New Jersey, and there weren't that many to begin with. And then, you know, the ones who are in Brooklyn. But for the most part, if you're, you're a basketball fan, you're sticking with, I, most of the time, players. You're a fan of the players. LeBron is the, that's why he goes so many places. And then you see the LeBron jersey. You notice that it's a LeBron jersey, not that it's a Cavs jersey or a Lakers jersey. You're a fan right, of right. you're a fan of Curry. Yeah. You're not a fan of Golden State. So right, I get it. Yeah, but uh, until I actually see Irving and Durant at a press conference with James Dolan, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't believe that they're going to be able to sway those two to come over. And like I said, Durant, just because he's good friends with Irving, doesn't mean he's going to get to New York and be like, "Well, this is so much better than the last two places where it." Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Yeah, but at least they can break the whole thing down and start all over, and that looks like what they're what they're doing. I mean, I mean, that's a lot of cap space in the NBA. I mean, two max contract yeah. slots, and that's that's kind of all you need at this point. You just need to have the yeah. base. If you can get the base of a you know a ma- a super team, then you should be okay. But I also think that Durant, he's looking down south. He's looking at L.A. He's like LeBron is there. And they're willing to make some space for it. They, you know, right. So how will it? How will it turn out? The way Miami did. 
Well, I mean, you just build a free agent team. I mean, it doesn't take a year to do that. No, but I mean, part of it all depends on who gets what in the draft. Like, you know, Philly is trying to do it the right way through the draft, the process. And they're coming right. along, and it's just one yeah. one block falls in the East after another. Not that the Knicks were really in competition. I mean, they're no. they're ten and they're ten and forty. I mean, come no, it's on, a nightmare. Now look, it's I, a good time to end it. So you know what? Hey, the Knicks could get a high lottery pick. Plus, you in that okay? I will say that you can then right. sell it to Durant, and to but then at the same time, if the Pelicans are going to sit Davis, then they're going to try and. Try to get a high pick, and then they can say whatever. Davis, you leave, and he's going to get, yeah. you know. So it's going to be hard. I mean, they, they do well. The, what the NBA does is they have those max contract spots. You know, yeah. this is the maximum amount you can pay for this player. But it, there's also those who are willing to take the smaller deal. But so they're talking about like classing the free agents. You know, oh, you are a tier A free agent. You, this is the minimum you can accept. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, there's up and there's no perfect way in the NBA, but I mean, they're trying. And I mean, these yeah, sm- popularity is big. It is. But then these small markets just get killed. New Orleans yeah. is going to get killed by this. Don't they oversaturate it, right? They have too many teams. I think so. I think that they should. I is think it like hockey that way, too. Uh, I, I don't. I don't really say no, not really, because really at this point the NHL is North America's version of what European soccer is, in terms of that you can have that sort of hierarchy, but it could also change over in the NHL. I mean, look, Nashville is, uh, Nashville and Las Vegas are, you know, uh, annual contenders at this point, and those are, you know, yeah, that, that that's. That's like the desert. And you know, the, I think the, the really the the biggest difference, like between the NHL and the NBA, the NBA, the the the, the teams follow form, and and hockey in the playoffs, like you know, just because you're seated top, it really isn't that valuable. It's true, it's true. But you know, like the one and two and three seed in the NBA, you you, you know, you're more reliable, see right? You know, you're going to see them at the end. Like you can right. ca- you can call who's going to be hockey, there. It's a curse. It is, it is. But it also makes it very entertaining. Uh, speaking of the NHL, um, at the All Star Game, the Metropolitan All Stars um, won uh, after first beating the Atlantic All Stars and then finishing off the Central All Stars, uh, scoring uh, seven and ten goals each. So <laughs> Metro- uh, Metropolitan All Stars going. So they didn't have goalies. I guess not. So now here we are on the other side of the uh, all-star break. Um, right. You've got Tampa Bay in the east looking very strong. Uh, speaking of the Islanders, they're top of the Metropolitan Division. Uh, the lowly New Jersey Devils all the way at the bottom. Yeah, the mighty have fallen. True. And then in the west, you have Calgary, San Jose, and Vegas. Up top, Winnipeg, Nashville, and Minnesota. See, that's the thing. And just like we're saying, the NHL, you know, Chicago's dead lo- is last. Uh, I mean, the Kings are last. The Crazy. Oil- I mean, so some of those big ones that you, not only do you know, but also, like like I said, Winnipeg, Nashville, 
you know, San Jose. Oh, San Jose has been doing it since they came into the league. How strong they are. Tampa Bay. You know, these are places that you would not think of in the past as historically. That's being a hockey stronghold. Right. But then, you know, so you have. Oh, so what happened to the original teams? Well, Toronto, Montreal, and Boston are falling in line in the Atlantic Division. Let me take a look at the wild card real quick. So they're competing. They're pretty. Um, actually, all three are in the playoffs right now. Uh, Montreal, Boston. Boston, Montreal, and Toronto. Right now, if the season were in today, right, right. we still have got about thirty games left. Um, but like I said, Chicago's way down at the end. Um, Red Wings are low. So now, 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 what what caused their slide? Who goaltending? Who Chicago? I think just the window closed, you know, partially goaltending. Um, but, you know, their big stars are getting older. That's the other thing. Like, you have these windows of opportunity. I know in, in soccer they call it, like, golden teams. You've got this window. Here's your team. I mean, the Blackhawks had had three three titles in five years, you know. At, yeah, at this I'm saying. At this point, five-plus years ago. So they they got what they could. You know, the Kings got a couple, a couple you know, trophies out of it but the nhl also moves around a lot you know because there's also these pulls from these european and especially russian leagues you know of the ones who say oh come on back but then there's so many of these homegrown stars thanks to that that outlier you know of uh oh wow it's i you know i retired with the kings and uh the mighty ducks and it's really nice here let me open up a uh a special you know i'm teaching you uh, right, you know, that, that that was big in L.A. That would that's how the Kings, you know, yeah. won those two because there was so many Southern California um, hockey players, homegrown hockey players, because they're like, oh yeah, my coach was, you know, so and so who was a star for the right, Kings right, back in the eighties right. and nineties. So yeah, so and hockey has that. Basketball, I mean, basketball it's just where where it is. You know, you've got your hotbeds, but that's an that's an inner city game mostly. Well, of course, of course, uh, mainly because of just the space needed. Do you have a big hole up about ten feet? Do you have a ball you can bounce? You can play basketball, like yeah, football. You need a ball. That's it. You can find a court. Exactly. Good point. Hockey. There's at least three pieces of equipment you need. Baseball. You well, it's need expensive. First well, of all, right? But even if you do it in the street, you'd need you need a, a net, you need a stick, and you need a ball or a puck. Mainly a ball. But, I mean, right. the stick itself, I mean, and then baseball, you need the space, but nobody's playing in the streets anymore. Stickball's a dying art. And then football, you need... Well, yeah, but the problem is with baseball is you really need to be in a warm-weather climate. Otherwise, you just, you know, it's limited how much you can play. True. Football doesn't matter if it's cold or hot. I mean, you'd prefer it to not well, be freezing. Well, it seems like when it rains or it gets windy, they even cancel games. Well, that too, so... But yeah, no basketball. It's it's the easiest to find people because, and you also you also you you don't even need five people, like in the NBA or yeah, in, of in, course not in collegiate. You, I mean, three. There's the three on three leagues. Heck, you could have two. Right. Yeah. You play one on one. That's all you need. Just somebody, or you just I, do it I, yourself. I, we've all done that. Absolutely. So, moving over to baseball, and uh, there was a lot of talk. This secret talk that Bryce Harper's decision was going to come a couple days ago that he was going to sign with the Philadelphia Phillies. But nowhere amongst, you know, the uh, the names, uh, John Heyman and Ken Rosenthal and, 
you know, where they and Jeff Passan, nobody was talking about Harper going anywhere. And it turns out it was a little bit of a, a rumor mill, part conspiracy theory, that he was going to announce his signing as the cover man for um, MLB's The Show for uh, um, for the different video game platforms. Uh, but that fell apart. And the only movement we've heard is that the Padres have now been meeting with Bryce Harper. Although that seems to just be like test, you know, kicking the tires, not really anything to go in on. It's been so it's been it, very quiet. What will happen? It'll be March till he makes a decision. I mean, what, what's he going to do? How's this is unusual? I think it's coming up soon because pitchers and catchers are going to start reporting pretty soon. You know, less than a month. Um, right. You know, so spring training's really going to kick off. Like, po- oh, he's not close yet. He's not close, and but they're willing to wait, and Machado is willing to wait too. Uh, Craig Kimbrell is willing to wait. Dallas Keuchel. But it is appears w- that teams don't want to extend for ten years. No, no, it's a thing of the past. Why? Right. Name, name, right, right. name a uh, a big contract that actually was undervalued. You can't. You can't find somebody who is undervalued at 10 years because you're going to have those dips. You're going to have the, the window close, and you're still sitting there holding the bill and being like, what am I pay for? Well, we can't do this. Let's try to move them. Oh, we can't move them. So why bother? And plus, we know what the – we've talked about multiple times what is the plan now. You stink. You get all these draft picks. You bring them up to the minors at the same time. You got five years and then start all over again. And but it looks like the Padres actually are trying something because they've got, they have got a big gold mine underneath them. If any, if everything comes to fruition, it was that. Well, you've got. So first of all, you've got um, Fernando Tatis Jr. And this guy is the real deal as a um, as a I think a third baseman, Luis uh, Uria. I think he's a shortstop, uh, second base or shortstop. So they're, they're right side of the in, uh, no left side of the infield is pretty much going to be. They've been bad for a long time. Well, now this is where it it's looking like it's going to be. Fernando Tatis Jr. is unbelievable. Your uh, Luis Urias, uh, Francisco Mejia, who I believe is a catcher, um, are coming up soon. Okay, Fernando Tatis Jr. is a shortstop. Uh, second baseman Urias. These are up the middle power guys. Up the okay. middle power guys. Uh, Mejia is a catcher who's moved around between a couple of different uh, places, so he's supposed to really hit big. But check out some of these uh, numbers for. Uh, let me see if I can pull up their minors. Um, but just raking in the minor leagues has Urias. Um, uh, Three thirty batting average. Um, an OPS of 850, slugging percentage 446 a couple years ago, uh, 447 last year with a 296 average. Uh, strikes out a lot, but walks about he strikes out about two times for every one walk. Um, and then Tatis Jr. He's got uh, 286 batting average, 507 slugging percentage. So over the course of 350 at-bats, 16 home runs, 43 RBIs, 22 doubles. 
So this and that that's the minors, so it doesn't really give you an honest portrayal, but he's he's big. They also have Eric Hosmer at first base, who they they did pay a big amount of money to. They've been signing pitchers. So they're really trying. That's why they're they're looking they are actually they're pursuing Machado. They wanted to try Harper just to see. But they, I mean the Padres might just be the next Astros or Cubs. Like they're coming up fast. Wow. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, keep an eye on them. So it just makes sense. But the Phillies, White Sox, Nationals, you know, if you believe the pi- the Pirates, they're just sitting and waiting to see what happens, you know. And the Mets can't make a move because they've got a $30 million man. They do. Look, they're not going to They're not gonna go in. I, I will that, say... That, that, that was a problem, no, signing him. I mean, now he's got you know multiple surgeries. And we're talking about Cespedes. You're talking about Cespedes, of course. It's, yeah, of course. Look, 2015. It, You'd rather have Harper, wouldn't you? Well, I'd rather have Harper now, but yeah. But I know that we also we made it to the playoffs in two straight years. Well, barely the playoffs in two straight years, but we went to the World Series in 2015, and without Cespedes, we're not there. I know they lost, and that was really okay, really hard that's, to that's take. That's a fair point. You know, so yeah, because then we'd be talking about just incredibly wasted opportunities with Degrom and Syndergaard and Mats, and at the <laughs> true, time Harvey. True. It'd be really, but the Mets did sign a, a left-handed reliever, Justin Wilson, uh, thirty-one. Um, he had a three-point-four-one ERA last year, but he did have eleven strikeouts per nine innings, which is which is good. That's great. Um, yeah, left-handed batters last year. Uh, batted 188 against him, so this was this was a move I wanted. I needed them. I needed. I wanted the Mets to add something else to the bullpen. Their bullpen is not completely set. Diaz and Familia, great. Lugo and Gazelman, great. But I can't rely on just those four and then a rotating list of quadruple A guys. No, no, you're right about that. Especially the way the games played today. Right, and so we needed also a lefty out of the bullpen. You know, so Justin Wilson, and he's not just a loogie. He's not a left-handed, uh, one-out guy. Right. Um, so at least that was something. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty much, it's quiet. It's quiet on the on the Western front. The Reds are, you know, the Reds are the other ones who are trying to do this, too, with the Padres. You know, they signed, uh, they signed a couple of uh, pitchers. They got, um, oh, what's his name, Puig and Kemp. And now they're trying. Yeah, Quig. What what happened? He he wore out his welcome. Yeah, he wore out his welcome, and I mean, also the Dodgers are are incredibly are heavy on the left-handed side with power, um, yeah. and Puig just he wasn't consistent enough, and he's also getting up there, and Kemp is definitely getting up there. So they needed AJ Pollock, and you got to make room. So you ship two out, and you ship a, a yeah. pitcher yeah. as well, and you get you get some stuff back for the future. But right now, well, the people re- want to play for the Dodgers. Of course, it's like the Lakers. You know, it's it's baseball still has the name on the front that is that people follow, whereas in a lot of the other sports, it's who's on the back. But that's a good point. You know, and baseball is also a regional thing. Like you're going to have Yankee fans across the country, you're going to have Red Sox fans across the country. But aside from that, I can't think of a uh, Dodgers. But aside from the Cubs, but that's like really that's. Like that's that's on a small end, but you don't have those coast to coast fan bases right, that are right. national. It's more so, 
And even if you are a displaced Dodger fan or a displaced Yankee fan, it's because you're probably from those areas. You might be from L.A. or you might be from New York. But the Reds... Yeah, you take it with you. The Reds are moving very quickly on trying to get uh, JT Real Muto, who's the uh, Real Muto, who's the uh, catcher for the Marlins. That's heavily sought after, and the Reds yeah. the Reds have a lot to offer. And my you know Miami's willing to deal him, um, so they're trying, they're trying. But we'll see how that goes. Well, well, is there anybody left in Miami? Um, yeah, Real Muto, and that's it. <laughs> and no one he's gone. And then he's gone, and then it's just... And they do that rebuild. And then, Well, that's what they're doing. This is the rebuild. So so now we come to... Uh, I wanted to start with all that other stuff, because this is going to dominate our time. That is Super Bowl 53, coming up fast. Sunday. Sunday is the day. We've got... Fantastic. Uh-huh. Yep. So... Here's where we go from here. We have well. Let me first start off with some of the prop bets that are uh, your that we're, we're looking at. Let me see if I can find it. Ah, nuts. So let's let's first start before I pull that up. What are your thoughts on the game? Coming well, up. I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, you know, I expect the Rams to to improve. I mean, when you look at the last couple of games they played, I was surprised that they beat uh, New Orleans. I mean, you know, I, 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 I thought they would, but I didn't think it was going to happen that way. And they look poorly doing it. I don't think they got 50 yards rushing. No. You know, so, and, and they won. So I, I think they can, they can improve the most. Because I don't think they've hit full stride yet. I mean, the Patriots... I mean, Tom Brady looked like a surgeon out there. For the most part, everything went well. I knew we threw an interception in the end zone. But for the most part, um, they had it their way, and it was still tied. Right. So, you know, how good are they? So that's that's the question. Mm-hmm. You know, now for the Rams, can they stop Gronk? Right. Um, because, uh, you know, they, they find a mismatch, and the Patriots are good at exploiting it. But I don't think their defense is enough to win. Whose? The Patriots. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. I'm... Uh, so I, obviously, I don't like the Patriots. We know that. But what I'm looking at is I'm looking at sort of the the interesting, the, the many storylines, but also the full circleness of it. Yes, we know... Here they come, Brady facing the Rams again. This is how he started his career, his Super Bowl career, facing in the Rams. 02. In 02, which was, yeah, forever ago. They were a 14-point underdog. They were, and now... And that was the greatest team that, on turf? The greatest show on turf. And right now they're, they were a 14-point underdog then. They're a two-point favorite now. And I think that I... Well, yeah, it depends where you get in the line. But, yeah, they're two and a half for sure. Uh, I agree that the Rams, I think, overall have the better defense. They definitely have the better uh, interior line. Um, right. And they're... But Donald hasn't had a sack 
in, in the playoffs. I no. Mean, I know he's double teamed and everything. Right. I know he had 20 for the year or whatever. Right, and Brady hasn't been sacked once in the last two games in the playoffs. So right. he, we know his line is strong. But I'm all, but I'm also I'm thinking about the chess match that's going to go on between McVeigh and right. Belichick, and this is offense versus defense, and they are focused on each other, and also Wade Phillips, and also Wade Phillips versus Josh McDaniels, I think is also an interesting, an interesting economy. Don't forget Wade Phillips was the defense coordinator from the Broncos uh, when the Broncos beat the Patriots. Right. On their way to Super I think Bowl it's Kids. amazing at 71 years old that he could be, you know, at that level still. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's amazing. But also McVeigh and Belichick, you know, their interactions. Um, right. Yeah, between each other. Um, yeah, that's the makings of a great game. I, I, I think it does. I think it does. Now, how are the Patriots on turf? You know, I don't actually know. Well, I mean, they play Buffalo every year, and they always beat Buffalo there. I'm trying to think where else they... They always beat Buffalo anywhere. Well, yeah, but especially when when you're up there. I don't even... Right, right. I don't don't think... So you've got two grass teams on turf. Right, but I don't even think that that's going to matter too much. No. No, I think that's really going to... Not going to be a problem. So Brady is, uh, speaking of uh, Brady versus Phillips, he's 6-3, 21 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He's been, sacked te- he's been sacked 18 times in those nine games. So something to think right. about. Um, some yeah, of the- well, we saw last year that strip sack made a big difference. Uh-huh. With the, with the Eagles. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I think you know everybody sees the Patriots as perennial winners. Right? As a favorite in the Super Bowl, they're 1-5. Yeah. So the only they were the favorite against Atlanta mm-hmm. two years ago, and they covered the spread. Right? That was uh, what was that line? Three or four? Yeah, it was pretty close. I know there was a lot and of, they, and they won by six. I know there was a lot of late money that came on uh, late for them. Game props. Let me see. Yeah, well, they're saying that right now. They're taking fifty-eight percent of the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But, you know, when you look at these games, when I'm thinking about the Colts, mm-hmm. right, uh, recently, like, they look dominant, and then all of a sudden they just got shot down. Right. You know, that happened to a couple of teams. So maybe the Patriots are next. Right. You know. But, uh, uh, you know, people say, don't count Brady out, da-da-da-da-da. Just well, the, that's why we play the game. There's a lot going into it. Um so let's take a look. Some of the uh, I'm going to take a look at some of the prop bets that we got. Uh, okay. If a streaker runs onto the field, who tackles or touches him, him or her first? Um, security is. Does uh, that mean like which team? Well, who'd like you know a Rams player, uh, a Patriot player? Um, security is uh, minus two hundred, but uh, a, co- <laughs> a coach. Well, you wouldn't touch that. Would well, you? You well, wouldn't touch that well, a coach. Is at a plus five hundred. What? A putt, a coach. Now it says tackles or touches him or her first. Yeah. A no, coach. I don't think it's going to be a coach. A co- well, coach is plus five hundred, and it's just who, who will. Yeah. Um, Sonny Michelle scoring two or more rushing touchdowns. That's plus two fifty. What do you think? Yeah. Well, that's. No, I don't, I'm not feeling that. 
Um, well, it's interesting because him and Gurley played played together, didn't they? In Georgia, they were both Georgia running backs. Yes, um, Girl, That's uh, interesting. Uh, well, Gurley had been in the league for at least two years before Michelle came out. So, right. I mean, but I they did play together. I think, or at least one was yeah. redshirted while the other one didn't. Right. Um, CJ and well, Gurley, that's uh, interesting. He says he's fine. Well, it sh- sure didn't look it in the championship game. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. It was right. He had a bad day. Yeah, no, he did. Uh, but well, then that also brings up the question about CJ Anderson. CJ Anderson gains at least 48 rushing yards. Yes or no? Uh, the yes. How is much? 48 rushing yards for CJ Anderson. The yes is uh, minus uh, 114. Hmm. That's, yeah, ooh, 40, I would say yes. So he's been, uh, so far, he's been um, 3.63 yards um, per attempt, and he's been getting about 15 carries per, uh, well, that's a combination of the two. So you figure like seven or eight rushes per game the last two games. Right. So that could happen. Well, they haven't. They were Miranda board poorly. You know, as I said, it was like 46 yards they gained. The whole team. Right. How about Julian Edelman registers at least nine receptions? The yes is plus 174. That's that's a lot. I mean, Dion Brady. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, you know, I'm thinking, I mean, he, well, here's the problem. When you when you shut him down, who's going to take care of Gronk? It's, it's like you got to pick your poison. But, I mean, j- just from watching the last couple of games with Edelman, I mean, they don't press him. Right. You know, and you're going to give him room and wiggle, and, uh, you know, you-, you see what happens. So I think they have to shut that down. I think so. Uh, roughing the passer penalty will be called. Yes is plus 110. No is minus oh, 110. Oh, yeah, for sure they're going to do that. <laughs> well, we know on which side. Yeah, on Brady. <laughs> uh, heads or tails? Oh, this is getting ridiculous. Heads or tails, 105. Well, it's crazy because the bet is minus 110, so it's a 50-50 proposition. Oh, I have I have it at 105 for heads, 115 for oh. t- tails, minus. Oh, yeah, I don't, yeah, so I don't know what's up with that. You know what I mean? I mean, these prop bets are are, are entertaining at best. This a w- huge profit maker for the, uh, for the bookie. Oh, of course. This one I enjoy. Will Tom Brady be seen cursing on the broadcast? Yes is plus 500. I'm going to think yes. All right. See, that that's one I would bank on. I'd be like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Plus 500? Plus 500 for a yes. So you think they won't show it? No, I think they will. Well, really? Okay. Yeah. Now, well, it, now it doesn't... It, well, it doesn't always have to be a curse out of frustration. If he's coming off the sideline or if he's... You know, if he gets hmm. into a kerfuffle with McDaniels... I have to rethink that. Because I, I, think, I think yes... I could, mean, I think he's going to do it, but is it going to be, you know, are they going to show us? That's another question. Well, it could, again, it could be a couple times. If they come back from break and he's looking at, uh, you know, an iPad and he throws it on the ground, or if somebody scores a touchdown, like a defensive touchdown, and he starts going, oh, you, you know, and he starts dropping one, a positive one. In well, his, he said he's the baddest man on the planet. Who said that? Brady. Oh, get out of town. You're not buying it? Oh, stop it. Well, how about him saying that everybody thinks we're sucked and they can't find anybody that said that yet? Ugh. So there's a lot of imaginary stuff coming. Yeah, out. I'm so glad that he got a, a "We're still here" chant going. That made me, that made me excited. <laughs> 
All right. So, yeah. who do you like in the game? Yeah, well, it's, uh, I like the Rams. Plus two. I like the Rams to win outright. Or, or, yeah, yeah, get into it. Yeah, I mean, Sue and Donald have to get penetration through the middle. Well, you got Fowler, you got other guys in there. F- Fowler can help. And look, Talib, Fowler, these guys are not happy with. Because don't forget, they've had interactions with the Patriots. Talib actually got past and won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. And don't forget, yeah. he's a, he's a former Patriot too. Talib is a former Patriot. I know. So is so is Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, he wants to do. It. Look, I I think that Gurley is going to do because you know I'm talking I'm I'm thinking back because everybody's talking about you know the last time the Rams and Patriots played, of course, 2002, and what the game plan was for Marshall Falk, aside from recording it and then using it. Um, is that they basically they keyed in on Falk. They thought he was more dangerous as a pass back than a running back. So as soon as the play was, you know, as soon as the ball was hiked, there was a spy on Falk who ran directly to him, whether he was running or not, and just like running towards him, not waiting to see what would happen. So that right. kind of kept him, you know, his his screen games to about two. I think that they might try to do something again that uh, do that again, where they key in on Gurley. But I think I think McVay's, McVay's smart enough. I think he goes like a two set two set back with Anderson and Gurley, and you don't know which is going to come out. You don't know which is going to plow through the middle or who's going to swing out. I think Woods. You think they'll use them both in the backfield? I, th- I I mean that that's my guess. Look, I'm I don't work I don't work for the Rams. I don't I'm not in <laughs> I'm not in Sean McVay, McVay's camp. If I was, I'd be hired as a head coach somewhere. Well, I'm thinking three wide, single back, spread them out, and then Goff makes the option. Well, look, they've got plenty of options. Woods, Cooks, as you mentioned, and Josh Reynolds, and even Higby as the tight end. Right. You know, I think Higby might be the the unsung hero in this game. I think he scores a key touchdown. I think he gets, like, five to six receptions in the first half before the Patriots have to say, like, at halftime, Let's make our judgment and shut him down, which then opens up the door for, like you're saying, the running backs. I want the Rams so bad. I want the Rams so bad to win this game. Right. I want it. Does what do you think? Brady gets sacked? Yes or no? At least once in the game. I think so. How many turnovers? I th- I, th- I think so. How many turnovers do you think in total? Oh. I guess. And what would it be? Plus or minus two? I'd, I'd, yeah, I think two. I, I'm say plus. I think three. I think three. Well, you think both both quarterbacks throw at least one interception, and either a third interception or a fumble instead. Right. I think that that that's. Well, another question. The other question in this game: Are they going to be lax on the rules, or because of what happened, they're gonna they're not going to be lax on the rules? I think they're going to really key in on helmet-to-helmet. Any helmet-to-helmet, it gets called. I think that they're going to be a lot smarter about the ticky-tack roughing the passer, like, you know, slapping the face mask or slapping the helmet a la uh, Buccaneers-Steelers when Roethlisberger got patted on the head and that got called roughing the passer. I I think the refs are going to key in more on 
the uh, pass interference or helmet helmet call before they are. The holding will, will not be a big deal. I think unless it's blatant, and honestly, you're really going to only see it in the second half. When They'll let the receivers hand fight? Yes, hand fight, yes. But as soon as you... you, you Grab the jersey. If you're not looking at the ball, you expect a yellow flag. Yeah. Like, because most Super Bowls, there's not a lot of penalties in. No, cause it's, it, it, because then you're really deciding the game. Like you're yeah, re- and it's, uh, it's high profile, so you want it to look clean and smooth. Now, the one thing that hasn't happened in the Patriots is, I mean, their largest margin of victory was six points. Does, what's the, what do you think the, the end point differential will be in this game? Three points, four points, one point? I don't know. I, want to, I don't want to get too carried away, but I'm thinking maybe the Rams by six or seven. A touchdown? That would be nice. Uh, what about twenty seven, twenty one, something like that? I think that's definitely doable, and especially if the yeah. Patriots. are... So that would mean take the under. I mean, you got two offensive teams, right? You wouldn't consider them defensive teams. No, um, although the way the Ra- I mean, the way their defense, both defenses are built, they should be more defensive teams. But we know that the Rams are a huge offensive team, and we know that New England always finds a way. Do you think? Do you think Brady always finds a way? Do you yeah. think they? Well, not always. Do you think the Patriots run it like they have been, or do they go back to the past? Oh, definitely. Because that that has got to be ball control. Yeah, that's. I mean, their defense is bad. The, uh, I think the Patriots, and you, you see in the game that the strategy is long drives, eat up the clock. I just think, and it still ends up tied. Right. What about? Johnny Hecker, are they gonna? Do you think they're gonna even try any of those trick plays? Who the Johnny Hecker with the Rams? Do you think McVeigh calls? A, a, oh, I don't know. I I don't think so. I say I, no. I'm not feeling that. I think if I think you're only gonna do that stuff if you're you're desperate if you're trailing. Yeah, although if they do it early in the game, I mean, you then you blow it. Then you can't go back to it later because Bell. But I think yes, I'm not feeling that. I, th- I, I don't think I don't think after that disaster in Miami that uh, that 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 stuff's going to work on the Patriots. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking no. I think Hacker does not throw a pass. Well, what's what's uh, that's a prop. Well, yeah, it's a prop, but it's also just a, a, they're going to talk about it because Hecker is a great, is a really good passer. They did it against the Saints. They did it against the Cowboys. Like they, they do a lot of these trick plays. True, true. Well, the Patriots aren't. That's not beneath them. Either. No, no, of course not. But you, it's and you got the direct snap. I mean, you you see that. You know, you see all kinds of stuff. Right. It's just it seems very. It's much more expected out of the Rams than at this point the Patriots are. Yeah, well, that's good. It gives them more things to to work on. Right. All right. So you like the Rams. I like the I Rams. Do. I want the Rams. I think. I think it. But you're worried. You're worried about Brady. I'm always worried. I was worried last year until that fumble. <laughs> until that fumble, because they actually got pressure. That's the only way this happens. You well, the got... game look it was closer than the final score appeared. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and uh, it wasn't. It wasn't because when you look at the final score, Patriots got beat soundly. Right, they did, but I mean, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, we're 
I think one one or two way. I think it's. Uh, I'm gonna say ten ten points, like a differential, really? like a two, like eight or nine or ten points. I I think this wow. is gonna be a wider margin. And uh, yeah, so we'll see. Well, you want to see a frustrated Tom Brady, uh, and then you want to see a defeated Tom Brady. Yes, of course. Okay, because, that'll be the most entertainment for you. Well, but also, everybody said, even if you're a, ca- a casual viewer, of the Super Bowl is now sick of seeing Brady in the Super Bowl. Like, Pete, right. yeah, enough is enough. You're right. Yes, and the NFL is tired of it too. Because, <laughs> yeah. I think no, I th- and I think they are, and I. Um, he needs to. He's not going to retire, even with a win. He's not going to retire. He needs to get knocked out of this game. He needs to have, you know. Um, he, he needs his wife to tell him it's over. No, I think he needs for him to know it. To he needs an Alex Smith for him. Oh to know. come on, no. No, but that's look. That's the only way. He's not. He's not. He's that's not so sad for Alex Smith. Right. I did, well, although I will say because there was news that he's. I mean, although it wasn't shocking news. Hey, he's not going to be ready for the for the 2019 season. I guess not. Yeah, I think so. But the fact that they're that he's actually really he's not done. He's, he's a Theismann repeat. I mean, he'll try. He'll try to come back. Um, but it's not like he I mean, he he just throws it short anyway. He's he's a he's a very good game manager. He doesn't run. Right. Well, he used to run, I shouldn't but, say that. But right. But talking about the Redskins, they just hired Rob Ryan. Rex is, so they uh, have Jay Gruden, right, and Rob Ryan. Rob Ryan. <laughs> it's like Gallagher too. It's um, it's funny, right? It is. I will say, Rob Ryan. He, you know, he runs a good defense. He he does. And don't forget, he actually has a ring. He was on that O two staff with the Patriots or O one staff with the Patriots. He actually has yes. a ring. So him and him and Rex have rings both, but. Different places. Yeah, but did he? Does he? Does he since shaving and got a haircut? I mean, no. the guy looked like a pro wrestler. Yeah, but that's also how he treats his life. Like he just enjoys that stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, he is wild. He is. He'll make it interesting for for them down in Washington. All right, Dad. Well, enjoy the game. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm going to be really excited. Yeah. Right, and uh, we'll enjoy the game too. Go Rams. Yes, please. All right, that. Thanks, Dad. We'll talk to you later. We'll okay. have a. A post-mortem Enjoy. on the game after that. and All right. Andrew, take it away. This has been another episode of Everyman Sports. The show's music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under CC Attribution 3.0. Everyman Sports can be found on Facebook.com, where you can like it to receive updates and news. Visit Everyman Sports in the iTunes store to leave a review of the show. Also, visit everymansports.podbean.com directly to comment and support. Everyman Sports can be contacted directly at everymansports at gmail.com.